action says producer one now i'm bringing producer two on for the intro of this one uh because well he didn't sleep last night and his nap was only 20 minutes so he might be a bit temperamental so we don't know if he's going to make it to the end of the show but because he's been absent from the last couple he's been sleeping through just wanted to make sure that he got his screen time so producer two say hello and well you can maybe say goodbye to all of your road to paris listeners so just want to say hello he's huge remember how small he was the first time he came on here you kidding me? All right. Now that we've had that intro over, goodbye, Producer 2. Thank you, Producer 1. Welcome back, everyone, to the road to Paris. This will be covering the Chiang Mai Challenge and the Joao Pessoa Elite 16 that ended on Sunday afternoon, uh, Pacific time, Sunday early evening in Brazil. And so, I'm not going to be talking about Anna Patricia and Duda a whole lot more on this show, but did want to give a quick congratulations to them. Their fifth gold medal of the season, sixth if you include the Pan American Games. Also wanted to give a quick shout out to David Amon and Jonathan Helvig. David Amon, it's so funny because the American pronunciation of Amon is obviously just Amon, but a lot of listeners are like, it's Oman. So I'm like, okay, it's Oman. They're like, no, it's Oman. I'm like, okay, Oman. So now I'm going to go David Oman for the rest of the time. <laughs> Quick shout out to them. They were phenomenal. That final against Sam Cotafava and Paolo Nikolai, probably the best volleyball I've seen them play. They, they were flawless. Nikolai and Sam didn't even play that bad, and they lost 21-11, 21-18. Just ridiculous. I had a blast on the mic with my guy Rich Lamborn. Uh, same case as with Anna Patricia and Duda, because this is a show breaking down the Olympic race. Not going to be talking about them a whole lot. I mean, they're well sharpied in. I just ordered a whiteboard, by the way. It didn't get in here in time for this show. Uh, we'll only be sharpying one team that is to come on the women's side. Uh, but from here on out, we will actually have a whiteboard to sharpie teams in uh, for the 2024 season as teams literally sharpie themselves into uh, and they cement their Olympic spots. However, now that the uh, honorifics have been given out to teams, I won't be chatting about a whole lot more. The biggest moves in the last two tournaments in Thailand Challenge and the Elite 16 were made by the Dutch men. This race is wild. So in Chiang Mai, Matthew Emmers and Steven Vandeveld ended up winning a gold medal. It was their first medal as a team, and they made it gold. So that's 800 points. So they're shooting up the Olympic rankings. And then one week later... Stefan Bormans and York de Groot playing in just their seventh tournament of the season. They took a bronze medal in an Elite 16. They made a huge jump. So now, and then the number one team in the Netherlands right now, Alex Brouwer and Robbie Musen, they took a ninth in Joao Pessoa, which is sort of, they've just been like ninth and fifth and ninth and fifth. They have that one bronze medal in the Paris Elite 16. But aside from that, it's just been a strange sort of not a lot of podiums for the Netherlands. And that's just the standard that they've set for themselves. They're that good where when they're not meddling, we're like, what's wrong with them? But they're just a ninth place in Elite 16 is still a very good finish. So now the, the Netherlands race is super interesting because Emmers and Vandeveld, they are now number 16 overall in the Olympic race. They're averaging 540 points per event. Stefan Bormans, York de Groot, that was their second medal of the season. Their first came in their first event of the year in La Paz, where they won silver. They are now number 25 in the Olympic ranks, but again, they have just seven finishes, so they still have five more to go. And York de Groot, when the MC on court asked de Groot about how much it meant 
to him and Bormans to win that bronze medal. He said, this was huge in the Olympic race because we just have seven finishes. So they still need to have five more just to fill it out. So they don't have a ton of margin for error because they're not going to be able to put in 20 tournaments worth of Olympic qualifying events. They're only going to have maybe eight more to go next year, and five of them need to be pretty good. So this Dutch men's race is fascinating. Bormans and De Groot are now averaging 777 points per event, which is top five in the world worthy. Brouwer Musen, meanwhile, their ninth puts them number seven in the Olympic rankings, and they're averaging 687 points per event. So on a point per event average, it goes Bormans, De Groot, Brouwer Musen, Emmers Vandeveld, and there's a pretty significant gap between Brouwer Musen and Emmers Vandeveld. But all three teams have made a semifinal of an Elite 16. Brouwer Musen have a bronze. Uh, Bormans de Groot also have a bronze. Emmers Vandeveld, they took a fourth in Uberlandia and very nearly made the finals. So the ceiling for all three of those teams is remarkably high. And so you have three teams now in that top 17. Again, you qualify for the Olympics via points by being in the top 17. So teams on the outside looking in, they love how competitive that Dutch race is because there's going to be sort of a, a trickle-down bid because there's that country quota. Only two teams per federation can qualify. So the Dutch men's race is heating up. Fascinating. So two medals in two weeks for the Dutchmen. Uh, speaking of thick races, storyline number two for the men. George and Andre, they made a big breakaway move of the uh, an airtight Brazilian men's race. It's fascinating because you have George and Andre. They are currently number four in the world. Their fourth place finish... It was a bit of disappointing. Like you never want to finish fourth. However, going into any Elite 16, if you were told, hey, you're going to come away with a fourth-place finish, virtually everyone would be pretty fired up about it. They didn't even drop a set to the semifinals, and then they lost to Amon and Helvig, and then they lost to Bormans and Negroot, who were playing fantastic beach volleyball. But that fourth-place finish gives them 900 points. They are now averaging 698 points per event. They are number four in the Olympic rankings. Evandro and Arthur, they took a very useful fifth-place finish. They lost in three to Amon and Helvig. Amon and Helvig, they are now number six in the world. They're averaging 650 points per event. So Brazil has two of the top six teams in the world. Then you have Pedro and Guto, who their point-per-event average was actually highest amongst all Brazilian teams coming into that event. They fell flat. Energy was strange for Pedro and Guto. It was it was odd. They lost all three of their pool play matches, took a 13th. They are now averaging 637 points per event, but they only have nine finishes. So they have three finishes to go to get to the requisite 12th. So it was a big move for George and Andre to sort of stake themselves to that lead. And then you have Evandro and Arthur, who also had a good finish, and then Vitor Philippe and Hanato Lima just sort of continue limping in. Again, they did not break pool. Another tough finish for Vitor and Hanato. I'm not going to count them out yet because they've shown with a silver medal at the 2022 World Championships that they have the capability to make a big run and make it in a hurry. So that Brazilian men's race is super fascinating. The Dutch race is super fascinating, as is the American men's race. Man, this just keeps heating up. So Chase Budinger and Miles Evans, they medaled for the second straight event in Chiang Mai, barely broke pool, needed to go to three to beat the young Frenchies, Theo Rotar and Arthur Kinney. Did that, came out of the lucky loser match, barely survived. We're down two match points to Daniele Lupo and Enrico Rossi. Fended off both of those, ended up winning in three, ended up beating Martin Nicolaitis and Isaac Carricker, who had a tremendous 
tournament out of the qualifier, barely made it out of the quali, had a crazy point against Tim Brewster and Kyle Friend at 13-12 in the third set. Kyle Friend roofs on straight down on Nicolaitis' head. Perfect head cut shot, end up winning 15-13 in the third set. Qualify, and then they take a fourth. So big move for Nicolaitis and Carriker, but bigger move from Budinger and Evans win their second straight medal, third of the season. They're now tied with Andy Benish and Miles Partain for the most medals among American men. How about that? They won a silver in Sakurima, won a gold in Haiku, Haiku, and then they won a bronze in Chiang Mai. So they have the the, the full gamut of medal colors won. Now they have jumped Triborn and Came Shock. They have 6,100 points. Try and Came are 20 behind. Trev and Theo are number 11 in the world in the Olympic ranks. They are averaging 576 per event. Chase and Miles, 508 per event. Try and Came, 506 per event. I'm just leaving Miles and Andy out of the discussion because like Sweden, like Anna Patricia and Duda, they're going to qualify. So that second American spot is now a very tight race between three teams. Trev and Theo are now shutting it down for the year. They're not going to play in the Philippines. They had a heartbreaker, did a great, had a great win over Evandro and Arthur to start pool play and then lost, uh, got kind of got dusted by Qatar 21-16, 21-16. And then they lost a tough one to Kotofava and Nikolai who ended up winning a silver medal and I've already sharpied them in, but like Barbara and Carol did when they won golden high that's just like that extra Sharpie. So Trev and Theo kind of l- lost a good opportunity in what was a relatively weak elite 16. Of course they had a tough draw because they're, you know, qualifier team is Sharif and Ahmed, who formerly ranked number one in the world, made three straight finals in Cancun, won a bronze medal in the Olympics, and that's your team coming out of the qualifier. And speaking of Sharif and Ahmed, they haven't really looked themselves this year. They haven't been bad. They won a silver medal in Ostrava, and that's their only medal of the year, but they just haven't been great. They haven't been that team that made those three straight finals in Cancun. And I know that they took just a fifth, in Joao Pessoa, but the way they looked was fantastic. They beat Trevin Theo in pool, made it look super easy, ended up going into the quarterfinals, won all three matches of pool play, beat Kotofava Nikolai, beat Evandro Arthur. I mean, those are two big league wins right there, and a relatively big league win over Trevin Theo, and they made it look easy. And then they were up 8-5 in the third set over Bormans and DeGroote. In their quarterfinal, Sharif was playing great. He was chattering, ever the entertainer. Ahmed was playing awesome. They were just playing phenomenal beach volleyball. And then Bormans and DeGroote just sort of made it happen. And that's a, that's an elite team. I, I think Bormans and DeGroote are top five teams. So I, I think Sharif and Ahmed, they're back. Not that they ever left, but this was a team that just hadn't quite looked themselves. And I haven't really talked about them a whole lot just because they've been in that fifth to ninth range and I kept waiting for them to break through. And even though this on paper wasn't a breakthrough finish, I think it was a breakthrough performance for Qatar. Now they are ranked number 17 in the Olympic ranks, averaging 715 points per event. And they only have nine finishes. So they're well, they're 115 points per event above that my projection of a 600 point per event average to be the cut line so i think sharif and Ahmed are going to be safe can't sharpie them yet because i still haven't seen that fully convincing performance but i have very little doubt that they're going to make the olympic games uh and real quick i want to revisit chase and miles and the american men before i move on to the women chase and miles are the only american men's team still left playing uh, they are going to play next weekend in the Philippines. The qualifier is on Thursday, maybe Wednesday with the time change. Thursday in the Philippines anyway. They're going to try to make it three straight medals. 
I mean, they, they have been the wild card in this Olympic race that I find fascinating. They're playing tremendous beach volleyball. Miles Evans, he's finally sort of made that breakthrough into the elite level. This is the, really the first time he's been picked up on a consistent basis by a very elite partner, and it's shown that he was ready for it. And so if they get that third medal, whew, it's making this super interesting. So the Philippines in New Valley, you can watch it all on volleyball TV. It's a very interesting race. I just watch all of Chase and Miles' stuff because if they get another medal, they could very well pass Trevin Theo. Now, speaking of volleyball TV, I do have a call with them tomorrow uh, to kind of go over the finer details of how to integrate the highlights in. So no highlights yet for this one. We'll probably start integrating them uh, beginning 2024, maybe after the Norseka Continental Championships. That'll be my final Norseka. But you can go to Volleyball TV, use the code SANDCAST20 to get 20% off. That's all caps. And so it's, it, it'll make a great Christmas present to any of you guys who are love watching volleyball. If you're watching this show, you obviously do. But if you have any friends who love watching beach volleyball or indoor, they do Big Ten, they do Italian League, they do beach. So Sandcast 20, that's going to get you 20% off of volleyball TV. A lot of you guys already had subscriptions. When it comes time to renew, you can put that code in and that's going to get you your 20% off. And then I do, for transparency's sake, we do get a kickback from that 20%. So not only are you getting discount, you're also helping fund the show. And then we take those funds, pay producer 3 to go do more fun stuff. And it's just a virtuous cycle. Now we're actually, for the YK water break, we're actually out of YK. So I just... Uh, you know, shout out Pepperdine, Waves Beach Volleyball. Now, on to the women. Now, I mentioned that I ordered the whiteboard, and it didn't come in, which is a shame, because Chen Shu and Xin Yi Shav, China, Sharpie, boom, cemented their spot in the Olympic Games. Huge bronze medal. It's their third medal of the season. They won a gold medal in the Itapeba Challenge back in April, won a bronze medal in the Montreal Elite 16, and then they followed up with a bronze medal in Joao Pessoa, beat Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth to do it. So that is a huge win for them. And that bronze medal jumps them up to number seven in the Olympic rankings. They also won gold at the Asia Championships, so technically four medals in the Olympic qualification period for them, and that's, I mean, a third of your finishes are big league medals. That's awesome. They're now number seven in the Olympic rankings, averaging 703 points per event. And it's so cool to see Chen Xu. She's thought about retiring. So she won a bronze medal in the 2008 Olympic Games when she was just a youngster. She then played with Xin Yi Sha when Xin Yi was just a teenager and then hurt her shoulder, surgery, didn't know if she'd be back. And then they ended up getting a new strength trainer, new coach. And ended up feeling healthy enough. And what she do in her first event back this season wins a gold medal with Shin Yi Shot, now a very mature, elite, high-level, top-tier defender. And they're not one of the best teams in the world. They're, they're a threat to win a medal in any situation. Their only loss in the tournament, I believe, was to Anna Patricia and Duda, and they went into overtime with them. And they gave Anna Patricia and Duda a good run at the World Championships. So they're a very, very good team. Sharpie, Shin Yi Shot, Chen Shu. Storyline number two for the women. Because Satina Gradina and Anastasia Samoylova, they actually remind me a lot of Qatar in that this just hasn't really been their year. Yet they've had, you know, some fifths, some nines, some thirteens. They just haven't looked like themselves. This is a team that's won two European championships, a team that took a fourth in the Olympic Games. Tina Gradina, no stranger to American beach volleyball fans. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal player at USC, won a couple national championships, has played very well in the AVP, won AVP Fort Lauderdale with Haley Harward. And they just haven't been 
consistently up there. And then they take this fifth. And again, just like Qatar, even though it's a fifth, it's the way they looked in doing it, where their their loss in the quarterfinals was to China. Really, really hard fought, three-set battle. Tina had six blocks in that match alone. Finding her form as a blocker, as an option player, Anastasia was serving lights out, has this big booming jump serve, low risk, extremely high reward, very well controlled. They looked great doing it. And that fifth will now bump them up to number 10 in the Olympic rankings. That's their 12th finish. So they are averaging 601 points per event. And my projected cut line is 600 points per event. So they are still right on that cut line. Not going to sharpie them in just yet, but they're trending in the right direction. Especially because, I mean, that was their first fifth first fifth in Elite 16 since the Uberlandia Elite 16. And that was in April. So it took them seven months to refine this form. And I know it wasn't a fully loaded event, but it doesn't matter. An Elite 16 in November is worth the same amount of points as an Elite 16 in April. So good on Tina and Anastasia. Storyline number three for the women goes to the French girls, Lazana Placet and Alexia Richard. This team is such an enigma. When they are on, they are on. But then they can have some really weird matches and tournaments where they'll take a 19th. So they are now number 19 in the Olympic rankings, averaging 515 points per event. But again, it's it's the way they did it. They got a fifth in Joao Pessoa. They beat Barbara and Carol. Had a huge battle with China, lost 20-22 in the third set, so almost got straight into the quarterfinals, swept Talita Antunez and Thamela Corradelli, and then they lost to Kristen and Taryn in that quarterfinal, and Lezana ended up getting sort of hurt, and I hope she's okay because she played one of the best tournaments. Actually, not one of the best. She played the best tournament I've ever seen her play. She was unservable. Everyone had to go to Alexia Richard, and she played great. If you haven't watched her pool dig, my goodness, every time she played, it's a pool digging clinic. She was leading the tournament in digs before one of the matches that I commentated. And I was like, wait, the blocker is leading in digs? And then you watch her play and you understand because her pull dig and decision-making and execution, it's unbelievable. She's tremendous back there. And their fifth-place finish, them contending to qualify via points, is massive for the French Federation because they still get a home wild card for the Paris Olympics. So if Alexia and Lezana can qualify via points, then they can then give a wild card to the team that I would think would be Aileen Chamorro and Clements Vieira. And so Aileen and Clements are huge Lezana, Placette, and Alexia Richard fans because if Lezana and Alexia qualify via points, well, there's your wild card. So they are right on the cusp of qualifying because number 19 in the Olympic rankings, there's a lot of Brazilian teams. If the Olympics were to happen today, they'd qualify via points. Aileen and Clements, who I would just assume would get the wild card, they would then be wild carded. So that would be huge, huge for the French Federation. Storyline number four for the women. Yeah, we got four storylines for the ladies. Sarah Pavin, welcome back to the podium. Her and Molly McBain won a bronze medal at the Chiang Mai Challenge. It was the first time Pavin's been on the podium since the Yermala Elite 16 of 2022, which she did with Melissa Humana Paredes. And that was really the last, that was kind of the end of their partnership. That's the first medal of Molly McBain's career in an FIVB or volleyball world anyway. Uh, she's won a handful on the Norseka Tour. Uh, but to win a medal in challenge, that's a whole different stratosphere of, of accomplishment. So that bronze puts them at number 29 in the Olympic rankings. That's their ninth finish 
They're averaging 482 points per event, and they are trending in the right direction. So their points are skyrocketing, and they have the Norseka Continental Championships coming up December, I think, 14th through 17th, I believe. 14th through 18th. And that is worth the same amount of points as a challenge, except the competition is not great. And so like you're almost guaranteed a semifinal appearance, and so their points are going to go up even further. So Pavin and McBain going in the right direction. This Canadian women's race is fascinating because Sophie Bukovic and Heather Bansley looked very good again in Joao Pessoa. Took a 13th, but came out of the qualifier of an Elite 16. That's no easy feat, and again looked excellent. Sophie was serving unbelievably well. Up there in the tops of the tournament in aces per match. When they got knocked out, she was actually leading the whole tournament in aces. So this Canadian women's race just continues to be very fun to watch. But a a huge congratulations, I think, is in order to Pavin. Back on the podium, huge congratulations to Molly, uh, kind of breaking that seal and getting her first podium. It's a huge finish, and they will be playing, I believe, in the Philippines. Could be wrong, but I think they're playing in the Philippines, and then they'll be finishing their season at the Norseka. And that'll do it for the major storyline. So next up, I've mentioned that challenge in Nuvali in the Philippines. The only American men's team going is Chase and Miles looking for their third straight medal. And then the other, all the other races, it's, it's really important internationally. Um, then you have the Norseka Championships coming up December 14th through the 18th in the Dominican Republic. Andy Benish and Miles Pertain, they will be ending their season there. And after that, event is when i will do the next road to paris so that'll come uh the wednesday after the december 18th oh producer two is still awake he's gonna come here for the outro uh no struggle bus i don't think anybody really qualifies for the struggle bus this week i think it's been mostly big accomplishments oh hello producer two. Oh, actually you know who i'm putting on the struggle bus producer two for his sleep behavior has left a lot to be desired with sleeping now, producer two, what do we say in the sign-off? Shoots.